Blog Talk Radio. in there. I believe it went in double overtime in there. Um, 
But then again, as I said, full marks to the Golden Knights. Um, they got a good goalie. Flurry's uh, been there, knows what it takes, has the skills to get it done. And uh, as long as he keeps playing good, they got a shot. Um, as I said, uh, I don't find San Jose to be the greatest. Um, not a lot of offense. Um, no real uh, superstar player, or even for that matter, a superstar line that was uh, going to really cause uh, a team defensive fits. And uh, uh, accordingly, as it showed up in the scoreboard, um, they didn't have what it took at the end of the, of the end of the day to get it done against uh, the Knights. But full marks to the Golden Knights, regardless. Uh, they said it ain't easy, and uh, they done well. Um, in the over in the East, the uh, after a shaky start, the Tampa Bay Lightning put the boots to the Boston Bruins. Um, Uh, winning two games in Boston on top of it all after uh, looking pretty sluggish in uh, game one. Um, that's a Bruins 1-6-2. Um, after that, it was all Tampa Bay. Uh, just too much offense. Just too hard. Uh, Bruins D um, to the rest played all right. He wasn't spectacular, but he was pretty good. Um, that Bruins defense just a little too slow and too inexperienced to keep up with uh, Tampa Bay's big guns. Um, they held them to four goals and three goals, but Boston couldn't score. Um, again, uh, 13 goals for the series against Tampa Bay's uh, 17. Um, like I said, just too many places for the Tampa Bay goals to come from. Um, if one guy wouldn't didn't get them, somebody else did. Just too hard to stop everybody. Uh, the Lightning are just starting to get it going. Um, I would not want to play them in the conference final. Um, I said they're just starting to get their act together. Um, we're going to see a lot more from uh, their big guns, uh, Stamkos and Kucherov in particular. Haven't really done that much, and yet they're still winning. Um, their goaltending has been adequate. Um, he hasn't, except for game one, he didn't let in too many softies or backbreakers, and that's what you need in the playoffs to um to get it done. Uh, we'll come back to this series for uh, something else that happened, but for now, let's keep forging ahead. Um, in the other series in the East, the Washington Capitals. By God, the Washington Capitals have taken uh, the lead against the Penguins. I know, I hear you saying it. That series isn't over yet. But by God, it's 3-2 to two for Washington, and I have a sneaking suspicion that the Washington Capitals are going to win this series in seven games. And finally, curse of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, game five on Saturday was uh, not all Washington, but seemed like Washington had finally just figured it out. 
They weathered the storm. They took what uh, Pittsburgh could throw at them. They bend, bent but didn't break, as they say, and uh, they held on for the win. Um, Matt Murray wasn't good enough in game five. Um, he let in four on 30 shots. That's average goaltending. Um, his counterpart, Braden Holtby, however, was clicking there at a 9.23 save percentage. That is above average goaltending. And uh, as we all know, that's what it takes to get it done. Um, say that game, it was 3-2 to two at one time for Pittsburgh. And the, uh, the uh, Capitals came out in the third period. And put them away. Um, it was actually what four to three, and two empty netters. But uh, that's you know they did what they had to do. They stayed out of uh, too much penalty trouble, so Pittsburgh couldn't kill them with that power play, and their goaltending was good. And that's what they're going to need if they want to come out of that series a victor. Um, as I said, I kind of predict um, a, uh, a Washington win in seven games on that one. And I know a lot of people do not, but that's how I see it going down. And that being said, in the same breath, wouldn't be at all surprised to hear that uh, Pittsburgh wins in seven. Uh, let's dance back over to the Western Conference for the Jets and the Predators. Um Game five was all Winnipeg after Nashville kind of squeaked a win out in game four. Um, Six to two in Nashville. Uh, Pecorini pulled out of the net. Um, They just, there was nothing they could do. They just could not stop them. And that's saying something, considering um, the defense that uh, Nashville has. You know, it was uh, after the second period. It was no scoring in the first period, and you're going, okay, this is this is going to be a battle. Then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in the second period. There's goals fucking coming everywhere. Um, and at the, when the dust clears, the smoke settles, she's 4-2 to two for Winnipeg. And you're going, holy hell, what the hell just happened? Um, And then to add insult, they threw up two more in the third. And the last ten minutes of the third period was just a snooze fest. And they coasted. Um, Statistically, things pretty even. In fact, uh, more shots on goal by Nashville. uh, More face-offs won by Nashville. Uh, you know, uh, more block shots by Nashville. Uh, the big one that stood out for me, though, was the turnovers. Uh, 19 turnovers for Nashville and only nine for Winnipeg. Um, puck control is pretty important in the NHL, so giving it away like that, maybe not the slickest move. 
but uh, once again, uh, Winnipeg showed they have got the horses when they're, when they're going. That team is good enough to beat anybody. Uh, Connor Hellebuck was uh, spectacular. Uh, Pecorini, as I said, was not. Um, got the yank, which you know, in my mind really should never happen in the playoffs to begin with. Um, you should be getting beat that bad that you got to yank your goalie out. But it happened nonetheless. And uh, Nashville is looking at game six tonight in uh, Winnipeg. And I don't think they got it. I think they're going down tonight. And Winnipeg is going to move on to face Vegas. Tell me anybody that predicted that. But that's the beauty of the sport and why we like to watch it. But as I said, I, I expect Winnipeg to come out and they're going to have, I mean, Nash is going to throw everything they got at them. I mean, they're a veteran team. They made it to the final last year. They know what it takes. But uh, they're going to throw everything they got at them, and the Jets are going to dig in. And they're going to get that done at home and uh, move on. So that's my predictions. Uh, Winnipeg victory tonight. Um, A Pittsburgh win tonight, but a Washington win in Game 7. And that's going to set up uh, Vegas against uh, Winnipeg and Tampa Bay against Washington in the conference finals. And I hear a lot of people going, Tim, you're nuts. Well, could be, but those are my those are my picks anyway. So, moving on from there. Oh, I, I want to add to that, uh, P.K. Subban guarantees uh, Predator victory in Game 6. Um uh, Pretty ballsy move, but it uh, ain't going to happen, PK. You're going to have to uh, skate around and forearm shiver some uh, kids out of the park or something because you guys are done. And I don't know if you like golfing or not, but if you do, you're going to be doing some of it. Because that's just the way it goes. Sometimes somebody's got to lose. Um. In other NHL news, moving on a little bit from the playoffs, then we'll come back to a couple of issues. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, do not uh, extend the general manager contract of Lou Lamorello. Uh, Granted, Lou is pretty old, and um, I believe as the story goes, he was only intended to ever stay there for the three years that he's been there anyway. Trouble there is Toronto has got about six guys who, who inside the organization could probably do that job. Uh, but uh, in particular, Kyle Dubois and uh, Mark Hunter, who apparently do not like each other, from what, uh, or at least the rumor and innuendo, as our good friends in the wrestling world say. Um, and so, of course, giving. The job to one over the other is going to cause potential problems behind the scenes. Um, but so far, as in typical Toronto fashion, uh, no word out of their um, uh, timetable. You think you'd like to have a general manager in place for the draft? 
Um, that's a little bit off yet, but not too far away. Um, you, as I said, you'd think you'd you'd like to have your uh, marbles sorted out by then, but uh, this is Toronto, and they do things well differently most days. Um, there was a coaching uh, addition. I believe um, that the uh, Minnesota Wild picked a new coach, but uh, it wasn't, well, not a nobody, but nobody with NHL experience. Um, I believe he was the head coach in uh, the NCAA um coach. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily. Um, but that is a much different uh, world and a different style of play. And I don't know. Um, I guess, you know, you have to get your experience somewhere. But um, if a coach like Bruce Boudreaux well, maybe it wasn't Minnesota. Maybe it was Dallas. <laughs> there I go. I think I might have the wrong team, people. Anyway, it still was a... I'll double-check this. It still was an NCAA coach, whoever it was, that they uh, that they uh, called or, or hired. And uh, nobody could really figure out quite why out of... The potential player uh, coaches that are going to be available at some point uh, during the uh, yes, it wasn't Dallas, it was uh, or it wasn't the Minnesota, it was Dallas. I'm getting my stars mixed up. Um, they hired uh, a little-known coach, uh, Jim Montgomery, who, like I said, I'm quite sure, unless you really are a hockey follower. You have no idea who he is. Um, forty-eight, so not a youngie, not a you know, not twenty-five, not sixty, which I think is not a bad move. Um, I think in some ways it's you know, kind of tour. You know, you want somebody with some experience, but of course, how the hell do you get any? Uh, you know, you can only get head coaching experience by being head coach. You know, being an assistant coach or whatever, I mean, that's helpful, I guess, but still not the same thing. Um, But you also want experience, and uh, this guy, I mean, he's done everything he can at the uh, NCAA level, but I don't know how much stock you're going to put in the NCAA level compared to... um, uh, being like, say, a uh, junior coach in the CHL. Uh, Jim Montgomery at least played hockey. Uh, only 122 games in the uh, in the league, but but at least he, he and those are late 90s, early 2000s. So you know, know something about the game from that side of the coin, which I think is never hurts. Um, I think we're going to start to see a shift in this direction. Uh, 
the old guys are going to start to slowly die off. Uh, the, I mean, Ken Hitchcock, I believe, retired. Guys like, uh, I don't know, Bruce Boudreau, um, even Mike Babcock in Toronto. I think once his Toronto tenure is up, that might be it for him. Um, some of these guys are getting a little long in the tooth. The game is starting to change, and uh, they don't change with it. That's just the way it, it goes. But um, good luck for the Dallas Stars. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, so, of course, that's uh, the price that was paid was their coach got the, got the smack. And... Ken Hitchcock, who uh, promptly retired, which says something about uh, the Dallas situation. But all the power to him. Hope he does well. Uh, Dallas has got a pretty decent team. Uh, should be doing better than they than they are. Um, and uh, nothing hurts for all the teams to be competitive. It's good for the game. Good for the fans. Um, we don't need any more Arizona Coyote franchises. Uh, yeah, enough on that. So, going back to the uh, playoffs for a minute. Um, there's been a little bit of squawking about the inconsistency of NHL refereeing. Um, it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been horrific either. Um, I think a lot of the complaints are, of course, from the homers who feel that their own team is getting shafted somehow. Um, No offense to Boston Bruin fans, but uh, if there was ever a team that got away with shit after the whistle, etc., it was Boston. And yet to read uh, sports reports from Boston... Um, they got totally hosed in their series and the refs got no calls at all, which, of course, is nonsense. Um, I've seen maybe two or three really glaring, uh, and those were more situational than the call itself. Um, Let's be honest, if you called everything that will, could be a penalty in an NHL game, you would have 55 penalties. Uh, somebody would be on the power play from start to finish. And, of course, that doesn't... Uh, as we all know, that doesn't work. So, they do what they can. I mean, what are you going to do? Um it's kind of a bit like, or, or I think they should handle it a bit more like they do like a soccer game where um, that first call has to be a good one. You can't make that first call a chintzy, you know, tap on the wrist or the little tiny tug or where a guy holds a guy for a millisecond. Because if you make that, if that's your first call, you have established that um, that's going to be your precedent for the game. And then from that point, 
every call you make that does not lead, uh, you know, that is, or don't make, that set that lives up to that standard of the first one, you start to look bad. Um, there hasn't been as many, or at least in my my awareness of watching, there hasn't been as many cheesy penalties as uh, there was earlier. Um, but it's frustrating. Like, I, I guess when they let them play and they don't call anything, and you know the only penalty that's going to get called is going to be like something vicious, you know, the vicious two-hander, or the really nasty uh, cross-check in the back, or, um, you know, a hit to the head, that kind of thing. Um, it might be a little bit frustrating to watch, because, of course, you know, when you see one somebody from one of your teams get get planted, you wanted them to call a penalty, but at least you look. That's at least an even um, interpretation of the rules for both both teams. Uh, nothing frustrates me more than when um, a ref will call up, and particularly when the ref from center ice will call a, a hooking penalty or a holding penalty on something that's happening behind the net at the other end that the, that referee did not call. And then two minutes later, that same ref watches somebody blast a guy in the back of the, you know, in the small of the back eight times with his hockey stick, but that somehow is not a penalty. And that's what I'm talking about when you make that standard when you set the standard for what you're going to call and what you're not going to call, um, that just drives me nuts. That how uh, two two fingers of your glove as a guy skates by, that's holding. But those cross checks or that blow to the head, that that's just good hard hockey. <laughs> I guess on some level it is, but I don't know how one can be a penalty and the other not. Um I said I'd like to see them come right out and say, you know, we're not going to call too much chintzy shit. Like, you know, we're not going to let you sit there and beat each other to death either, but, um, you know, it's going to require a real penalty here, guys, so you can knock off the – and it would stop – I think it prevents a lot of diving and that sort of embellishment because you know there's not going to be calls. I did see a couple times yesterday where guys fell down and – and they slide 20 feet into the corner and look over their shoulder to see if there's been a penalty call or not. It's just like, get up. Nowhere in the history of hockey has anybody made a penalty call 10 seconds later. You either got the call or you didn't, and you look like an idiot when you try to embellish a call. It's nonsense. It's garbage. It's Bush League, whatever you want to call it has no place in the NHL, and guys who do it, and you, let's be honest, you can tell when a guy really embellishes a call. Um, It shouldn't be tolerated. You should get, uh, I mean, I don't know, right now, I guess they want, if you dive enough times, you you get a fine or whatever. Um, There should just be a stigma attached to it that you don't want to do it, because it's not cool. And you don't want to be one of those players that's been sickled out for 
that kind of behavior because it sucks. Uh, which takes me to our good friend Brad Marchand from the Boston Bruins. Now, this guy, well, honestly, he pisses me off. He's a little guy who, on some level, is lucky to be in the NHL, I guess. Size-wise, he doesn't bring the normal, you know, when you think of an NHL hockey player, it's not Brad Marchand, size-wise. You know, he's five foot nine. Um, but the dude has got talent out the Yazoo. Uh, he doesn't need. He claims he he needs. Uh, he needs to do that shit too. Uh, that's how he. It's the only reason he stays in the league. And I'm like, no. The reason you stay in the league is because you score goals, you idiot. <laughs> and I believe his coach said that uh, you know if he needed to, if he needed to do something to keep him on the edge and make the other team hate him. Um, scoring goals would be a really good, would be a pretty good thing to go to. Um, you know, the guy's got uh, 459 points in his career in eight years. You know, in this day and age of standards, that ain't too shabby. Um You know, he's been a 20-goal scorer Played eight seasons. Uh, well, eight seasons in one and a partial season. Eight and a half years. Uh, 226 goals in 600 games. 459 points. And he, had a, he started pretty slow. Um, he's just only coming. He's had 85 points the last two years. But, I mean, he's scored uh, 20 goals on two, three, four, seven of those eight and a half seasons. I mean... This guy's a good hockey player. He has all the skills. He does not need to be the dirty little shithead that he is. Um, And I guess some of that stuff, you can at least make some argument for why he does it. Uh, Not every hit that is a dirty hit is a, a premeditated attempt to hurt somebody. Although I would say that some of his are, uh, particularly when he goes down low and hits guys, you know, in the knee area, like he did to, um, uh, I believe it was it was either McDonough or Callahan in the in this last series, um, Callahan, I believe, because that led to the next thing. Um, it's just not a style of hockey that's becoming. I mean, play tough. I'm all for that. Play tough and knock my guys on their asses and make me hate you. That, that, I'm cool with that. But that other stuff, you know, the sticking and the dirty hits and the and the cheap play, there's just no place for it. But then he took it to a whole new level. Now, I'm in the first round against Toronto. He was just getting in close and, and not really touching the guys, but kind of making it look like he was going to. But in round two, he, he he taunted a few of the Tampa Bay players the same way. But then he actually licked the face 
And I'm not talking like a little lick. He took a pretty good lick on Ryan Callahan's face. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I find that to be repulsive. Um, about the only way that's not um, gross is maybe if it's your kid doing it to you when you're playing with your little you with your son or daughter, and maybe in some kind of crazy uh, sexual kind of thing between you and your consenting adult partner. But after that, um, I don't want anybody walking up to me on the street or people I know even and having them look at me and go, you know, you're starting to annoy me, Tim, and leaning in and licking my face. I don't require this. This is not necessary. I do not need it in my day-to-day life. And yet this clown seemed to think this was a pretty good idea to pull off in a hockey game. Um, The excuse, of course, was absolutely lame. Well, the other guy hit me a couple of times and... You know, what am I supposed to do, basically? What's his reply? Um, I think the league dropped the ball on this one. I mean, they warned him after the fact, after he'd done it a shit pile of times. Then they said, oh, well, now, hey, don't do it again or you're going to get in trouble. So whatever uh, merit or value he got out of it, he got out of it. Um, ultimately, I guess it didn't help them as they, they're – booking tea times today but I don't know why the NHL the very first time he did it all we had to do was pick up the phone phone the Boston Bruins and say hey tell that guy that that is not acceptable and if he does it again where our referees have been instructed to uh, penalize him and that would have been the end of it but in typical NHL fashion we don't do anything until the problem is already past a problem and then we deal with it. Um, not cool, NHL, you you screwed up. Uh, Brad Marchand, you're, uh, I'll give you some advice. You're 29 years old, time to grow up. Um, just play hockey, dude. People will, you know, like I said, if you require that edge and you need people to hate you, uh, trust me, they do. You don't have to do anything. Your reputation is what it is. Um, your ability to actually burn the other team by scoring some goals takes care of it all. No worries about heat, dude. None. You got lots. Run with it. Use it however you need to. You're a good player. You're a better player than than what you show people. Um, Yeah. No more time for Brad Marchand. Because right now he's at the top of the idiot list. And it's going to take some doing to get him off of it. Um, so on that note, uh, tonight, let's not let's not miss it, people. We have the chance for two eliminations tonight. Um, at uh, five o'clock, Washington in Pittsburgh. Uh, as I said, I'm going to call a Pittsburgh win on this one. Uh, Crosby and Co. get it done at home. Uh, but Game 7 goes to Washington. Then at uh, 9.30 Eastern, that's going to be a late one, boys, if you're on the East Coast. 
uh, Predators in Winnipeg. Um, I think Winnipeg takes this one, um, which will lead, depending on what happens to the other game, if they both end tonight, well, there's no game Tuesday night anyway, so you get a break on Tuesday. Wednesday, if uh, Pittsburgh wins tonight, Wednesday will be game seven in Washington at uh, 7.30 Eastern. Um, Then uh, right away, Thursday, Winnipeg, well, no, I guess Winnipeg at Nashville if needed. And uh, if not needed, I'm going to guess that the uh, conference finals will probably fire up um, maybe Wednesday or Thursday if there's no more games needed. Um, which would be cool. I'd like to start my uh, the weekend off with a couple of uh, good playoff games. Never heard anyone. Um, so a couple of show notes. Um, if you haven't noticed, we've kind of shortened the length of the show down a little bit. Um, even an hour seemed like maybe it was just me talking to hear myself. And uh, Although our numbers are good, and I thank uh, everyone who's which is, believe it or not, in the thousands. Thanks for uh, listening, uh, tuning in, and uh, giving me something to do Monday morning. Um, but, yeah, we've uh, shortened the show a little bit, tightened her up, get you in and out, you know, 40, 45 minutes. And as I said, we've kind of noticed that that is uh, working because our listening rate is... Uh, uh, the computers can tell how long you listen, and we know that our completion rate is much higher than uh, uh, than a lot of other shows. So that means people are sticking in longer. So that's good. Um, to look forward to on the network, uh, Wednesday night, as always, wide men uh, can't jump. Um, uh, the NBA flagship show, with uh, Tom and uh, Nate. Um, and after that, you know, even if you're not the biggest basketball fan, check that out because they got great guests. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, statistical, eh, not so much statistical, but uh, a lot of analyzing of the game by guys who know what they're talking about. Um, and then uh, Friday night, uh, the Tim and Tom Show After Dark, where yours truly, and uh, Mr. Tom Robinson, um, well, we basically, uh, uh, if you didn't know how old we were, you will after you listen to that show, um, as we, well, say what's on our minds, political correctness be damned, as we look at some of the, what we consider to be ridiculous uh, stories in the news or in Hollywood land where the rules don't apply to the uh, same rules that apply to you and me don't apply to them. Um, but like I said, um, if you're a social justice warrior or a snowflake, you, well, you might want to listen just so you can get mad and phone in and tell me I'm full of it. Or you may want to get triggered now and find that safe space Um, because uh, it might not be a good show for you because 
well, let's just say um, I'm not a big fan of the social justice movement. Uh, Sunday will be the roundtable, as always, where we talk about wrestling or anything else that might have happened during the week that didn't get mentioned. And we're still looking at adding a couple of shows yet. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to be. Trying to feel out the uh, audience for what they might want to hear and trying to find some angles to give. You know, we love talking about sports, but let's be honest, there's a lot of sports shows. Um, So we're trying to think of something that maybe is a little bit different or a different take on some old subjects. But uh, more news on that later. So anyway, I think that's it for Wide Men Can't Score. Um, as you'll notice, I have titled the show Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 10, like an idiot. Um, so hopefully, well, no one will probably notice. You guys are all pretty smart uh, cookies. Um, so that's going to be another edition. I uh, hope everybody had a good weekend. I uh, hope you have a good week uh, coming up. Enjoy the games tonight, and uh, we'll see you next Monday, people. Have a good one. I'm out of here.